The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the third chapter. Jesus came into the house, and the crowd came together again, so that he and his disciples could not even eat. When his family heard it, they went out to restrain him, for people were saying, He has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of demons he cast out demons. And he called them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, the house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then indeed the house can be plundered. Truly I tell you, people will be forgiven of their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter... But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they had said, He has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called called him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they said, Your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. The gospel of the Lord. Sermon time, baby. Yeah. Who's ready for the sermon? I know I am. My favorite time of the week. Because you know what? You are all looking at me. This is awesome. Y'all know this. I've talked about it before. I love the spotlight. There's two kinds of people in the world. People that love the spotlight, people that don't. And guess which one I am? Love the spotlight. And so I do all kinds of crazy things and sermons, and I like to wear wigs and dress up and do all those kinds of things. And and y'all know this about me. You know how I feel about it because I've talked about it. But you know what I've never told you about? How the rest of my family feels about this. Now, first of all, when you have two daughters and you act like this in public, well, let's just say they're not always thrilled about it, but they kind of understand. I mean, our, our, our oldest daughter, Rachel, you know, she's okay being in the spotlight. She doesn't thrive for it. Mary Margaret, our youngest, she's like me. Give her a stage. She's thrilled. Their mother, however, not so much. Um, you know, when she was a child, she didn't want to be an acolyte because people would be looking at her. And I promise you, me talking about this right now isn't really the thrill of her day either. Because she sees this and she realizes what an idiot I look like. But truth be told, I guess she's kind of gotten used to it at church. Because at church, you know, all right, that's his job. They... They hired the idiot, so, you know, hey, that's, that's on them. But other places, when I bring this onto the road, that's a different story. A couple weeks ago, it was Spirit Week at the gym that she and I go to. And she started going long before I did, and it's mostly women, but they had Spirit Week. And one day, they had 80s Day. 
And so the women there, they dressed up in their 80s attire. You know, neon shirts, you know. Some of them had, had jelly bracelets and leg warmers. And, you know, some of them had the side ponytail going on. Not me. Mm-mm. I wore cut-off jean shorts or jorts as they're more affectionately known. A Def Leppard t-shirt. And yours truly, the mullet. Which was fine at the gym. Sort of. But when she and I were walking from the car to the gym... Yeah, I don't think she could have walked any faster. Because here's the reality. What I do reflects on my family, right? And so while I may not be embarrassed, they're going to be embarrassed for me. And you know what it's like to be embarrassed on behalf of a family member, right? Uh, Because looking out here, all of you have been teenagers at one point in time. Some of you still are. If, you're, if you are or have been a teenager, you know what it's like to be humiliated by a family member. Namely, your parents. Because it doesn't matter how cool or dorky your parents are. They're humiliating when you're a teenager. Nobody thinks that they have cool parents and they don't want their friends to see those parents. Especially if their parents are actually acting normal. But then, what that is, is we're just paying you back for all the times that we felt humiliated for bringing you out in public. Because nothing is worse than bringing a two- to three-year-old to a restaurant or to church. Am I right? Oh, my goodness. You know, your kid's been great all day long. Like an angel with a halo over her head. And then she's in public, and she's a holy terror. All of a sudden, she thinks that food is meant to be thrown and not eaten, and she's screaming and crying, and she's, you know, turned around looking at the people in the booth behind her and playing with their hair. And, And, you know, they're at that age that you can't tell them no because they don't really know what no means. Or they're in church and just screaming bloody murder or talking or saying inappropriate things, and it's just like you want to crawl under the pew, you know? I mean, for me, it really didn't matter because I was way up here. But, you know, the, the thing is, when you're out there, it's awful. I think so we've all experienced what it's like to be embarrassed by our family. And, there, I mean, there are other reasons, too. I mean, you know, some people are embarrassed by their 55-year-old son who lives in the basement and has never had a job. But other more serious reasons, some people are embarrassed at, at a family member with substance abuse problems or someone who has a criminal uh, past or perhaps somebody who's mentally ill. I mean, there are problems that, that people have that isn't necessarily embarrassing to them, but it's embarrassing for those closest to them because we feel like it reflects on us, you know? Sure would be nice if we could have perfect family members, wouldn't it? The kind that don't embarrass you. The kind that are are absolutely 100% perfect. You know, wouldn't it be great to have Jesus as a relative? I mean, Jesus wasn't embarrassing at all, was he? (laughs) That's not what his family thought. In today's gospel reading, what we have is people are beginning to talk about Jesus. And so his parents come to, well, his family comes to deal with this. Because, see, there are three things that we might do when our family's embarrassing us. One, we ignore it. You know, just, oh, that's just the way he is. Two, we kind of hide from it. I do not know that person. Or three, we try to stop them. And that's what Jesus' family was there to do. Because, well, now, and it's kind of interesting. We are in Mark chapter 3 in this passage. 
Three. Three chapters. What could Jesus have possibly done in three little chapters where people are actually thinking that he's insane or possessed by the devil? Well, he was baptized. That's okay. Check. And, and then he went into the wilderness. Not, nobody really knew about that, so that's okay. Then he healed some people. Well, okay, we, we like that. Cast out some demons. Again, that's okay. Healed some more people. Awesome. So, so far, Jesus, all these people are, are beginning to notice him. Jesus is in the spotlight, and people are liking that. And I'm sure his family's feeling really proud about that time. But then Jesus goes to a guy named Levi and calls him as a disciple. Well, see, Levi was a tax collector. And then, to top it off, Jesus went to his house and ate with him and his sinner buddies. Here's this guy that had been casting out demons and doing things in the name of God, and now he's hanging out with those people. And then turn right around and comes to, to, to synagogue on the Sabbath, and here's a guy with a withered hand, and Jesus heals him on the Sabbath. So now this person that everybody was, was watching and was so proud of, now he's an embarrassment to his family. And they've come out to put a stop to it. Because they can't have what he's doing reflecting on him. Right? I mean, you know, God's not like that. God doesn't talk to those people. God doesn't deal with those people. God's different than that. Clearly, Jesus must be from the devil. He must be out of his mind. He must be crazy to do that. Well... And what was it that was upsetting the people so much? One word. Grace. They were upset. They thought Jesus was possessed. They thought he, he was of the devil. They thought he was crazy. Why? Because he was extending grace. Now for us, that's like, well, of course he was extending grace. That's what Jesus does. But the truth is, if we really dig at how, how incredible that grace is, how amazing that grace is, kind of offends us too. When I was in seminary, um, we had to take Lutheran confessions. Deborah, did you have to take Lutheran confessions? Sorry about earlier then. It wasn't just pastors. Pastors and deacons in the Lutheran church um, had have to take Lutheran confessions. That's the class where we learn what makes Lutherans different from other Christians and, and what it is, what we learned about Lutheran theology in that class. And one of the things that we spent the most time with is justification by grace through faith. It's sort of the Lutheran coinage. Um, it, it, you know, it, Paul wrote it, Martin Luther found it and went nuts about it, but, but here's what it means. We are given the gift of faith through grace, a free gift, not earned, not, not owed. God just gives us faith and salvation, and that saves us. So basically, no matter what we've done, no matter how bad we are, no matter what we haven't done, God loves us, God forgives us, and God saves us. And that is incredible. That is so awesome and, and, and so wonderful. And when we're talking about us, it is. When we're talking about how much Jesus loves me, that's wonderful. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus forgives me. Yes, I'm saved. And, and we are all about that. Yeah, Jesus. But what happens when 
We're talking about those people over there. And you know who those people are, right? Well, it's probably different for each and every one of us. But maybe that's a little too far. Maybe grace shouldn't extend that far, right? I mean, one of the things that our professor actually asked us is, if you died and went to heaven and were seated at the great banquet next to Adolf Hitler, would you have a problem with that? And most of us were kind of like, yeah, he's pretty much the most notorious sinner of all time. And she said to us, well, then that's your problem, not God's. See, my friends, the grace that God extends is unthinkable, unimaginable, and offensive. Because we, we like to put God in our own box and say, you know, it's great that there's grace for these people and for folks like us. But those people, they're too bad. They're not good enough. They don't deserve to have your love, grace, and mercy. They don't deserve to be welcomed by you. Those aren't the people that we want our God associated with. And when it gets there, well, then we're, we're embarrassed by Jesus too. The reality is, however, my friends, God doesn't care if he embarrasses us. But God wants us to be embarrassed for him. In other words, we are called to extend that same grace, love, mercy, and forgiveness to all people, including those people. Where people may look at us and say, well, you know, what is, what is wrong with that guy? What is wrong with that girl? Why in the world would, would they be acting that wonderfully to this person over here? They don't deserve it. That's not the kind of people that should be loved. That's exactly the kind of people that God wants us to love. Earlier in, in the first service, we celebrated holy baptism. And last Sunday, we did in this service. And, and as a part of that, a part of that rite, um, Deacon Deborah lights a candle on the Christ candle and says, Let your light so shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And so what is being said there is, let that spotlight be on you. Let others see God's grace, God's love, God's mercy shine through you, so that the light may not be on you, but may be on God. Share your gifts to show God's love, so that the world can be illuminated through that. Offend others by how much you show them love. Because you see, my friends, it's not about being embarrassed by God. It's about us being embarrassed for God. Showing our love. Showing His love. His grace. That same grace, love, and mercy that He shows to us. Embarrass yourself. Amen.